Oh yes, it's the music. You know what time it is. It's time for another episode of the Three One Podcast. Joining us from Cleveland, Ohio, Mister Pivot himself. Give it up for International Ian Lamont Morgan. I'm a black man, but uh, today I'm a nameless great man. Hello. <laughs> and here in the capital city by way of Cincinnati, but you know he's still rooting for the home team. Give it up for Keith Turner Jr. Win, lose, or draw. I believe the scarlet and gray. What's up, everybody? And also here in the capital city by way of several other places. They call him the Black Devontae Smith. No. Because he puts up numbers. No. It's your boy. <laughs> Malcolm no. Morgan. No, no, no. One time. Too, no. Too soon. For the one time. No, thank you. I'm gonna be like this all day, ladies and gentlemen. I've got I've got fresh comparisons. Guys, how you doing on this wonderful Tuesday morning? We're recording on Tuesday morning today. Yeah, I feel alright, you know. Um Yeah, I'm alright. Not great. Not not yeah. wonderful, but you know I'm all right. <laughs> we got it, Keith. The songwriter said, "Hallelujah!" Anyhow, anyhow, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, if you can't tell what we're alluding, to, what's being alluded to right now, oh, in some subtle ways and not so subtle ways, mm. last night was the national championship game. It was Ohio State versus the Alabama Crimson Tide, and the game did not go as planned for Buckeye fans <clears throat> at all. Um, Alabama pulled off an impressive 52 to 24 vi- uh, victory, and it was not that even that close. No. Um, so, um, let's with our resident Buckeye fans, Ian and yep. Keith in the building. Yep. Um, what went wrong in this game? Uh, everything, honestly, <laughs> everything went wrong. Um, I was talking to some folks last night, and I was just saying, like, whatever could go wrong went wrong for us yesterday. And I knew around 7 p.m. yesterday when I got the alert that two of our defensive linemen were out. And I wasn't even concerned about the kicker as much. It was the defensive linemen. We already did not have a good secondary, and we needed pressure um, to make this game even close. And uh, it just, from then on, from 7 p.m. on, I knew it was about to be rough. Um the one or two times we actually got pressure in on Mac Jones, he fumbled the football and uh, he threw an incomplete pass. But, you know, we just, it was really bad, guys. Uh, Justin Fields did not have his best game. Uh, and Devontae Smith, my goodness, I, I don't think I've ever seen a better performance in a college football game from a receiver than that, ever. Uh, when the stage was brightest, uh, he said it himself, he has many doubters because of how small he is compared to other guys. That dude was just remarkable, and the Buckeyes had nothing to do um, against him. Uh, it was sad that at times there were moments our secondary did not know where the Heisman Trophy winner was. And uh, you got to tip your hat to Steve Sarkeesian. That man put a great game plan together. Um, he outcoached Kerry Coombs uh, by a lot, and uh, we got our butts whipped. And, uh, you know, that was what I was afraid of, uh, that our secondary just wouldn't be able to uh, make plays. And there was times where we had chances offensively, um, but we weren't uh, as consistent as we would like. And, uh, yeah, so all those things combined together just uh, was not our night. It's not our night. 
I don't I don't know how much better to put it or what else I can add to it. Oh, um, gosh. Yeah, uh, Keith actually put me on to, um, I mean, I got the notification, but it wasn't until he said it, like, you know, hey, did, did you see who we're missing today? And it started to sink in, and I was like, man, yep. this is, um, you know, I, I think we use extremes a lot and absolutes a lot. But when I tell you the absolute worst time uh, <laughs> yeah. to be missing anybody on Anyone. defense, Yep. Um, let alone key guys, um, and you know. So, what what would have been if Tyreek Smith, and what would have been if if uh, who was the nose tackle that was out um, or whatever is right, 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 right. Pronounce his last name. <laughs> but after watching the game, I'm pretty persuaded. Wouldn't have mattered. I, it, it, it's tough to say. It is but tough. Yeah, they got completely outclassed. Yep. Um, Got completely out coached, and I mean, honestly, there were some moments where Ryan Day was doing stuff, and I'm just like, man, you could, I, that man's mental is 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 turned inside out. Um, There were some super conservative moments, and and I thought Jim Trestle was was calling the game. Easy, easy, Um, easy. At some point, Um, (laughs) this was not Trestle ball, thankfully. But (laughs) man, I'm I'm telling you, we we were down big, but the game was still within reach. And oh yeah, we still had some opportunities. We were playing like we were uh, uh, preserving a fourth quarter lead, and I was I was definitely um, confused. But I mean, when when you get balled on like that. You can kind of expect these things. I've never seen a wide receiver with a first half stat line Gosh, like ever. it is an overtime game. Ever, um, but you know, like you said, uh, Keith for the best. Um, too many guys on Ohio State didn't have uh, the right, uh, the right type of night. Um, seeing Trey Sermon go down first carry, uh, first I think carry, was what was, was a sign of things to come for the whole night. And yep. I will say. Uh, the heart of these Bama boys, they wanted it, man. Yep. Uh, from, like you said, uh, Devontae, he didn't have anything to prove, but he still played like he had something to prove. And he uh, didn't Waddle. even play the second half. Like, this exactly. guy did not play the second half except exactly. one snap or two, and they still Waddle. dominated us. Waddle didn't have anything to prove, but he played like he had Najee Harris. Uh, uh, even even their quarterback, quarterback they didn't really have anything to prove. They, yep. They're they're going to be solid in, in the league, but I think everybody shored up their position. Everybody doubled down, and they wanted this for their team. Uh, they they could have just rolled off into the sunset and, and, you know, played, oh, let me preserve myself for the draft. But, no, they, they wanted it more, and I think the hungrier team won. Yeah. So, when I heard the number of players that were out, this once again confirmed the conspiracy theory that I've been holding in until after the season was over. But here we go. I'm gonna I'm gonna put on the hot take music. Oh, here we go. Sounds right here. I think something nefarious is going on with those Ohio State COVID numbers. Ever since what was it? The game that got canceled initially was the Maryland game. I believe so. No, not that mm-hmm. game. That's the game Maryland. Yeah. The Maryland was out, but the Ohio State game that got canceled because of their COVID cases was. was it, uh, no, it wasn't Michigan State. We, we played them, I think. Uh, I can't remember. I can't remember either. But ever since then, they have not been able, they have not had this under control at all. Nope. Every week, it's it's not just one player out or two player, players out. It's six, seven, eight, yeah. nine players. Yeah. Um, and I think they've been fudging numbers. I think they've been 
lying about who has it and who doesn't have it. Um, and I wouldn't even be surprised if there's some players that played last night that had it. Because the talk all week was that they were in conversations with the NCAA um, about moving the game because they were going to be out a whole position group. Yeah. Um, and that just doesn't come up. Ohio State wanted to play this game, so that's not the issue here. Illinois. The Illinois. Illinois week. The Illinois game got canceled, and yep. then the concern was the next week was going to be canceled because nobody had – nobody in the entire Big Ten had only been out one week. It had been two consecutive weeks. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, Ohio State is playing the next week. Um, and But they've had cases all through the end of the regular season – the Big Ten championship game, yep. first round of the playoffs, yep. which means they never got this under control, yep. which tells me that the problem was bigger than it than it than it was. Well, and Malcolm, I hate to say this, but like it's probably true. But then how many other teams have done the same? Right. Right? Like how many we don't know. Like right. Matt Jones could have had COVID yesterday. Right. We had no idea. He was just asymptomatic. You know, Nick Saban had it. He was asymptomatic. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I do, I wouldn't disagree with you, you know. Um, and it's a shame that, you know, we we put that type of price tag on, you know, college football. And of course we all love the fact that we were able to at least have a season, but um, at what risk? And we don't mm-hmm. know how bad it's going to be until years later. Yeah. Um, we find out, you know, yep, they play with COVID and now they have some heart conditions or whatnot. It's it's kind of scary, yeah. you know, but uh, I wouldn't yeah. I wouldn't disagree. You know, honestly, it was a shame that, you know, we had to be without all those players. And uh, <sighs> yeah. And so what I'll say about the game is this. They had no answer, obviously, for Devontae Smith. But the second we talked about this, I've renamed. um Sean Wade to Lorenzo Wade for no other reason than I accidentally called him that, but then I kept calling him that, and then he kept playing bad. So yes. that's just the same. Yeah. Oh God! Jalen Waddle was beating him on one leg. Seriously, like, it was so bad. <laughs> Devonte Smith is beating him every play. Every play. Seven Banks can't find Devonte Smith. It was that was just the weirdest. Just the weirdest. Now, give Sarkeesian credit is that he did things to oh move God, to move Devonte Smith around the fake wheel, the fake wheels, the yep. fake jet sweeps that had them just guessing on every play where yep. he, what he was doing. Yep. So he put yeah. a lot of pressure on the defense to to figure out where he was. Um, but I think the 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 side story of the whole game is the is the Alabama defensive front was able to disrupt the running game. Uh, for who, no matter who was back there, uh, oh, all right, uh, and then and then at times when it's get, Master Teague, it's different, you know. <laughs> you ain't got to do a whole lot. Next man up, Keith. Uh, <laughs> That's the problem. Our next man was out too. He had COVID. Good lord. Next, next man up. No excuses. <laughs> yeah, you, you try to win that Jones. game. You try to win that game with uh, without Najee. Air. Well, actually, their next running back was really good too. Ask Cardell Jones about next man up. Next, next man up. I mean, don't get me wrong. That was a special, special <laughs> team, and we. Were, we had the Ezekiel Elliott at that point, so we could just hand the ball off and let him do his thing. Last time he ran all over Alabama, so this I guess this may have been a little revenge. Nick Saban did not want to lose to us again. <laughs> so you know, and then I think I think Justin was more hurt than we than he was letting, than they were letting on. They tried to say yeah. he was ninety five percent. I don't know what's not. I don't. I didn't see ninety five percent. He was avoiding hits. He was uh, going down early before first downs because he was not. He didn't want to get hit. And every time he got hit, he was feeling it. Yeah. Um, so I think that was the, that's all a factor. But you know, Alabama's a really good team, yep. and so it may not have mattered. It may have been a little bit closer, but they were on a mission, you know. And it we talked about it, or I talked about it last week. This team can beat you in so many ways. 
You had Najee Harris, who had 79 on the on the ground, 79 passing. Obviously, Devontae Smith was a big game, but Metchie had a, had a good game. Waddle showed up in a surprising way, even though every time he got a catch, he's limping off the field. But he's still <laughs> out there beating the receivers. Um, and then they bring in the back the the backup Robinson, and he's just shredding he shredding the defense. Too. Yeah, uh, and at that point, our defense was completely worn down. Mm-hmm. Like they were beat every possession yeah. of the game. Um, it. It was brutal. And the only thing, you know, I know Ian mentioned that, you know, it probably wouldn't have made a difference. I just would have loved to have seen if both of our defensive linemen were in, it, what type of push we would have been able to get at all. I mean, because those that center of that offensive line was just dominant, you know, the entire game. They got whatever they wanted for the most part. Um, and it wasn't until we sent a few linebackers like Zach Harrison or a few others that we actually got a small amount of pressure. But then we played a four-four defense. That's not going to get the job done against that type of you know receiving core. So it was just a lot going on with that game. Uh, I mean, and even Ryan Day said it like, "Hey, we tried a few new things on on defense, and it just didn't work." Like, no, it did not. You know, so no, no, it, it didn't work <laughs> not at all. all. And I'm just saying that, that four-four thing confused me too because you're looking and it's just like, all right, they're they're definitely spreading you thin. Like those guys are being getting beat every play. Maybe you cover two. Yeah, maybe something. Some zone blitzes would have been ideal, uh, but it's, seven banks was just not. I'm, I don't know what we're gonna do next year with our secondary, uh, but Wade was trash. It doesn't matter. We won't miss him that much. Uh, seven banks is not playing very well. Um, so we got a lot of work to do in that secondary. And Coombs was a secondary guy, so <laughs> I'm expecting next year for them to really get that together. Listen to Malcolm's point. Unfortunately, I do have to acknowledge Ohio State. Big on talent, not always big on uh, ethics. Listen, go ahead and and recruit a guy unknown uh, named Halen Samsey, and uh, you know go ahead and throw it back in, in, in that secondary man. You know, just start putting some of these NFL, NFL guys' names, toss them a good amount of meals, and uh, you know just put them in the backfield. I think um, there's ways to do it. Identities have been switched before. Let's just make it happen. Oh. Do what we need to do so we can get back uh, to I the see, dance. I see. I see what you're doing there now. I understand now. <laughs> okay. Okay. It, it, it was going to take a second. Listen, hey, it's the Halen Tamsey. Yeah, um, I got you now. Okay, I got you now. Um, yeah, I'm not even going to address the incident, but violations you're trying to. Um, <laughs> Listen, <laughs> I haven't seen it before, so I'm like, you know, ready for something new, new episode. Yeah, and I mean, let's be honest, how many college programs out there this year just, you know, overlooked quite a few things, I'm sure, um, happened. It's just, it was all for the love, you know, and, and that's why Donald Trump felt like he could say what he said. I saved college football, blah, 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 and people, you know, especially white people, yeah! Just, I don't guys. know. I don't even know the staunchest of Trump supporters that even believe that. They're like, okay, yeah, you brought back football. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, can we, just, can we get this stimulus check, please? I don't care. Man, too uh, great. With um, so let's talk a little. Spend a little bit of time. Nick Saban, um, his seventh national championship. I heard this on ESPN last night. It's his sixth championship in the last twelve years. Unbelievable! Which, Unbelievable. Bear Bryant had six and twenty-five. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Will we ever see a run like this again? I don't think so. I don't think so. Nope. I think the closest probably no. would have been, you know, <laughs> no. if if Urban was like all in still at Florida and got some good recruits and all those type of things. Urban had beaten Alabama what twice, mm-hmm. 
Um, At so least once, yeah. th- they were they were on their way and they had a lot of talent, but you know, Urban got out of there pretty quick. He knew what was coming. Um, so uh, his heart, it was his heart. He wanted to spend time with family, <laughs> just like he does now. So yeah, and I mean, and Dabo Dabo was he was definitely building something at Clemson, but uh, you know, we exposed him this year, which was great to see. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't think so, man. This this is just uh, and let's be honest, he's a couple plays away from beating Clemson again. And uh, I forget another another. Uh, oh yeah, when uh, Auburn had that, you know, crazy Freak ending play. right mm-hmm. at the end of that uh, that kick. Iron Bowl, yeah, the yeah. Iron Bowl, yeah. And uh, they they could have potentially went to the SEC championship after that. So mm-hmm. he's a couple like plays away from potentially having even more. So I mean, it's just incredible. I mean, and for it to happen again, I think anybody that wins a chip in this year or, or in this climate during this pandemic, um, saving himself had a couple of it. Yep. And so, you know, just to, to be battling through all of that and for this to be the, um, the, the, the circumstances under which you win number seven, mm-hmm. uh, you pass bear Bryant. Um, so I mean, no, nah, I, I don't think we ever see a, a run like this. I, I think the, the goat conversation for coaches is is I think you close the book as definitively <laughs> as yep. you do yeah. um, uh, with Brady in the NFL, especially if he wins this year. There, there's not a whole lot of conversation to have. And what a game to cement it. I mean, again, again, I, I yeah, you talk about all three phases of the game. We got outplayed, but um, the level to which we got out coached, and even even though Sarkeesian was, the, and he dialed up a great game plan. Great guy. You still got to ultimately give that credit uh, to Saban uh, for having that guy ready, mm-hmm. that guy that's ready to take on uh, that program uh, with the pedigree of, of Texas. He was focused in that, so um, yeah. Nah, Saban Saban has it in the bag. Yep. Yeah, I think uh, the the most impressive thing is a lot of people can recruit five star guys four-star guys but not everyone makes them great players and makes them pros um we've seen it at at several schools you can go down the list oh they've got 10 five-star guys Mm -hmm. such a disappointing season for texas again this year (laughs) what i don't know what happened but they really i mean we we talk about next man up we joke about it all the time i mean that is the school of next man up every year you think oh they got to replace Tua. what are they gonna do Mac Jones, right? And Mac Jones was not a highly recruited guy. Best Alabama quarterback yeah. in Saban's time. Um, and then, you know, oh, they lose Derrick Henry. What are they going to do? Here comes Najee Harris. And Najee was <laughs> already – they played him his freshman year, yeah. and he helped them win a national championship. Yeah. You know, they, they lose Calvin Ridley. Oh, man, there's not going to be another receiver like Calvin Ridley. Here comes Devontae Smith. <laughs> They're even better. <laughs> They're even better. So you got to give him credit for building a program that yep. not just collects talent but develops it. Yep. Um, and then – the other thing is his coaching tree is getting pretty pretty strong. I mean, Kirby Smart has had a good run in Georgia. Um, I mean, um, Lane Kiffin looks like he's developing something at Ole Miss. Um, and then Steve Sarkeesian going to Texas. I mean, if if he builds anything close to what he did offensively for Alabama, yep. Texas is going to be a problem. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I think all those things, you know, and then – the sheer number of national championships in the short window that that he did it in is just it's unprecedented and it's not over. Yep. You know, that that list is gonna grow. So yep. um so shout out to Alabama, Crimson Tide, another national championship. Um but let's talk about next season. Teams to look at for next season. It's never too early 
to talk about the 2021 season. Yep. Um, I'll start off by talking about this Alabama team. Oh, <laughs> Lord. They lose a lot of time on offense, but they bring back, I believe, 10 starters on defense. Um, and and they have the number one dual threat quarterback from two years ago, Bryce Young, quarterback out of modern day high school in California, coming in, who's who a lot of people expected to beat out Mac Jones this year. Yep. Um, and so adding that running dimension back to this offense, um, you know, the weapons that they already have, that Robinson kid looked strong. Yep, sure did. Sure did. <laughs> um, and then, you know, they, they reload in recruiting. So I think Alabama is going to be right up there again. Yep. Uh, it's going to be crazy again. Um, man. Yeah. Uh, it'll be interesting with, with, to see what Clemson does as well. Uh, mm-hmm. DJ Ui Ungalele yeah. um, will be their, their guy now. Um, they, they won't have Travis Etienne. Um, they're going to be missing some weapons, so we'll see how they reload. Um, and Brent Venables and that defense did not look very good against Ohio State, so I'm curious, and they're losing a few guys as well. Um, so that'll be interesting. Um, and then uh, I'm, I'm just going to be really curious to see. Uh, Notre Dame just hired Marcus Freeman from University of Cincinnati, great defensive coordinator, really built something with Luke Fickle there. And, of course, this was a money move. Um, so, you know, another reason for UC to hate Notre Dame, Brian <laughs> Kelly, now they take their defensive coordinator. I'm really going to be curious to see how he's able to get into that Notre Dame, you know, locker room and, you know, uh, make some changes and adjustments to that defense because they were getting torched, um, as well. Um, so yeah, and, and DJ Ritter's back for UC. So it'll be uh, interesting to see what UC is able to do, uh, again, with uh, a lot of that Ohio talent they've got. So those are some, some, uh, schools that I'll be, uh, paying a lot of attention to, of course, uh, without mentioning my Buckeyes. So. Yeah, man. With a soft schedule, uh, with some key, uh, defensive backs that they've got with a strong O line. Uh, even if some of their guys move on over to the NFL with an improved defense in the last year, then you got to be looking at Oklahoma. Yeah. Uh, Lincoln, yeah. Lincoln Riley's going to dial up a good, a good offense. Um, you know, and, and they've been tops in the, in the, in the league for the last, or in, uh, in college football for the last few years. But, um, again, that defense, you know, uh, they, they cut their points per game by about six points. Uh, in that last year, which um, which is going to be key, you know, as they look to really uh, compete with the top teams, and so I think um, big questions, of course, you know, what is what is Spencer Rattler exactly? Mm-hmm. Um, what are they going What are they going to get out of him? But um, again, we've seen what Riley does. Going to miss a beat, and I think you got to look um, at them as as a, a major player again. Yeah. They soft schedule um, Iowa State, TCU's. You know, uh, Kansas State's Baylor's on, Kansas on the State, docket. Trap so. game, trap game. <laughs> if you say so, <laughs> it's been the last two years. <laughs> no one, no one wins uh, at Bill Snyder Family Stadium. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, oh man, gosh. I'll be uh, I'll be Boomer sooner and with uh, with Malcolm next year. Definitely looking to see what they do. Boomer sooner. We'll see. We back, baby. Let's go. Oh, and of course, um, Texas. You know, hey, Steve Sarkeesian. He's, he's got see. some. He's got some things to do over there. But hey, yes. if he builds anything close, I will say Iowa State is is projected top ten next year. They bring back Brock Purdy um, and, a, and a lot of that offense and defense. Um, so that will not be a soft schedule. Thank you. Um, <laughs> okay. And then the other team we've talked about, we talked about a lot this year. North Carolina bringing back Sam Howell. Mm, uh, they've got to yeah. replace some really good running backs, yeah. but they've been recruiting really well. 
I think they're 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 really close to really competing in that in that ACC next year, as well as Miami. Bringing back De'Aaron King is huge for them. Um, he was really important for what they had to do. So I, I'd be interested to see what it looks like with a full off season with him. Yep. Um, hopefully he can come back healthy from his injury and they can bring back some of the guys they lost from opt outs and, and injuries last year. Yep. Um, yeah, it's it's man. And then, you know, transfers, we Transfer, got coaching portal. jobs yep. open, yep. we got yeah, people taking man. interviews, Urban Meyer building staffs, mm-hmm. um, you know, what does that mean for all of this? We'll see, we got a lot of time, but let's switch gears to the NFL and talk about another blowout win. Mm. Ian, we're going to get the, get the, get this applause ready for you, Cleveland, defeating the big bad Pittsburgh Steelers. Yes, they sure did. To advance to the division round of the playoffs, Ian, our our Cleveland correspondent, who is live right now, um, he's actually outside the Jake. They have blocked off the Brown Stadium. Um, yes, I did call it the yeah. Jake because that's what it is. <laughs> you, you did, you, uh, you did. It's all good. Um, Ian, what is the mood in Cleveland right now? We're we're a couple days out from it, but I imagine people the hangovers are still being recovered from as we speak. Two words: fever pitch. We are um, experiencing COVID spikes all over, as you would imagine, <laughs> um, unfortunately. But uh, the party has not stopped. We've not slowed down. We will not be silent. Um, the giant has been slain. Listen, again, yeah, you've heard all the talk about how long it's been since we've had a playoff victory. You've heard all the talk about how long it's been uh, since we've even appeared in the playoffs. But more importantly, that team that we that had been 17-0 at home against us, that team mm. that has – you can't really call it a rivalry anymore because they have owned us for so long. But that team that also has just been so arrogant about their organization <laughs> and, and they could do so on and so forth, that yeah, team that, that – that's I mean, the, you know, that – uh, so starkly proclaimed, even if it wasn't all of them. You could tell that was the attitude. The Browns is the Browns. This is a victory for the region. Pittsburgh is humbled, and you need that in the Midwest. And um, no, seriously, I mean, the victory itself feels great. The way we won feels even better, mm. honestly. I, I think the first quarter was a victory in and of itself, and then there was the rest of the game, which we also won. Uh, and had no reason to win this ball game. Coaches missing, players missing, key players missing, O-line banged up, uh, other O-linemen go down during the game. Um, you know, every they're at home, even though, yeah, you know, all the fans aren't there, but still, you know, allegedly that's supposed to be the sanctuary behind field, and uh, it none of it mattered. None of it mattered at all. We didn't practice, you know, everything. And so I, I really do think, um, aside from my homerism and the <laughs> fact that I would love to dance on the Steelers logo anytime, <laughs> uh, we had no reason to win this ball game, but did. Uh, so you got to credit Baker him as turnovers. Um, but, you know, he did that and a little bit more. 15.2 passer rating uh, is huge. Uh, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, they didn't have a day where they just gashed the defense on the ground, but got in the backfield. Kareem Hunt uh, punched a couple touchdowns in when it mattered, and Nick Chubb really sealed the game with uh, with with that short uh, that short that short pass that he uh, um, you know really uh, helped stave off the Steelers' comeback, which was ridiculous. And uh, 
and everything like that. I, I don't love seeing prevent defenses just give up points. Points, but yeah, man, I'm trying to keep the short. I'm trying to. I'm trying you not failed. to be uh, you failed uh, to keep it too short. overjoyed. But listen, it's, it's a great day. Uh, the birds are chirping and they are singing their song, and that song goes nameless gray faces. Thank you. So I was the, the funny thing we were me, uh, me and Keith were watching the, the game, and after the game was over, Baker Gibbs up there. It's like, yeah, you know, went through a whole lot this week. You know, one of our offensive linemen I had to introduce myself right before the game. <laughs> my God, um, man, it was just a crazy. Yeah. Like, hey, my name is Baker. Make sure nobody hits me, please. Seriously, just please make sure nobody hits me. Um, yeah, I mean, look, this is what I'll say for all the people, all the haters of Baker Mayfield. Said he wasn't the quarterback. Yeah, bring in Case Keenum. All that foolishness. I think this game has cemented Baker's place as the starting quarterback, not just for this team, but for this city. Um, I think this city, this city has started to embrace Baker with the way that he plays, the energy that he brings, um, diving for first downs. Um, you know, he had that big run on third down where he dives and gets that last yard to get the first down. Those are the type of things that endear you to a city, to an organization, and to a team that make a team buy in. And earlier this year, we talked about Carson Wentz not taking responsibility, not really being a leader of that team. Um, and Baker Mayfield has gone the complete opposite direction at a time yeah. when we've seen yeah. we've seen players turn on the city and say well the fans and they're saying this and they're doing that now baker has stayed stayed steady he's taken responsibility where the responsibility lied with him um and then when they win the game he's throwing praise on the offensive line the defense the running backs everybody else so i think baker mayfield has cemented his place he's not he's not tom brady he's not drew Brees. but at the quarterback position you need somebody who is efficient who leads and who the team believes in. And I think this team believes in Baker Mayfield. Yeah. Um, he definitely showed up. Uh, he showed up in a major way. Um, huh, I mean, and you couldn't ask for a better start to that Absolutely game. Not. I mean, we were talking about it and uh, we jokingly said, Hey, three turnovers gets you the game. And I mean, they get five total <laughs> three in the first three quarter. In the first quarter. <laughs> you just don't, I mean, and it was, it was, you know, kind of similar, like when the Bengals played and we just, everything that could go wrong for the Steelers, that game went mm-hmm. wrong and it was just amazing to watch. And, uh, so, yeah, I am an avid Steeler hater, and uh, I was so glad to see the Browns destroy them like that. Um, now, this upcoming week, uh, that's uh, that's a different story. But, um, but hey, listen, it was just great to see a, an Ohio team, you know, get over that hump, win a playoff game. And, uh, yeah, congrats to your Browns, Ian. It was, it was a fun game to watch. Anytime the Steelers are losing, it's a good game to watch. And by yeah, the way, Juju's real, name is, uh, Juju's real name is John Sherman, uh, John Smith Schuster, if you're wondering. John Sherman. That guy, that guy's going to learn to shut John his mouth. Like, oh, man. like, man, shut up and just play, Juju. Yo, I, I, at the risk of getting into a conversation about whether billboard material is a, is a viable, like makes a tangible difference on the field, I appreciate it. Listen, man, the dude, you know, I think that for <laughs> – what did he say uh, after the after the TikTok thing? Uh, for the betterment of the, of the team? Yeah, the betterment of the team. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it had to be uh, – because I think billboard material is, is absolutely – any edge that an athlete mm-hmm. can get, they will take. Ask Michael Jordan will, about that. Exactly, and I took that personally. Um, <laughs> and I think, um, yeah, it, it, that was probably – 
uh, what they needed just to say like, yeah, you know, we're, we're really sick of it. We're really sick of, um, I, I think the thing was, um, I would have been a lot more, uh, I'd have been in a whole different disposition if we had gotten respect going into the game. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you call guys, we were talking about a nameless great face. That's the, that's the creative player on Madden. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the guys that, yeah, I mean, you know, you can't, you can't fix your mouth about guys like that. And they definitely let them know it too. Um, they, they, they popped Juju a couple of times, you know, and he still got his off, but, uh, yeah, man, one and one decidedly, uh, no question about it. They were in disbelief uh, all throughout the first quarter. And I loved every second of it. I mean, in the, the trash talk didn't talk, didn't stop. Chase Claypool got on TikTok. Oh my God. It was like, it doesn't matter. They're going to get blown out by the chiefs anyway. I'm like, bro, you at home, relax. My wife had the perfect response to that. She said, it's hard to throw shade from the couch. Of course. <laughs> of course. Uh, shout out to Camila. She made an appearance on our live show. She really did. <laughs> um, yeah, shout out to the Browns. You know, look, I believe in bulletin board material. Ask, uh, ask, ask Ohio State. Ask, ask the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, y'all better be glad there wasn't a flag out there because cause, uh, Baker would have planted the flag. <laughs> Last night or uh, <laughs> on Sunday night, um, but yeah, I mean that's 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 one of the best feelings. And then to see Ben Roethlisberger crying as he's as he's walking off the field, and Juju Smith Schuster just sitting there like I can't believe we lost on the sidelines, P- pretty much yeah. hiding from the Browns players that are yep. celebrating on the field. Yep. Like, it's just that's a great that's a great feeling. And look, Te- yeah, the tears had to be salty, man, man, man. Of course. Um, so let's talk about before we talk about this week's playoff games. The other big news this week: Doug Peterson got fired. Mm. Um, apparently, he had a meeting with the owner last late last week that did not go very well at all, and they met again Monday, and that led to him getting fired. Um, and, and most of it had to do with them not um, being eye to eye on the future for the organization. Sure. Any surprise here that Doug Peterson is out? Uh, I was a little surprised, honestly, uh, but I knew it was either going to be Peterson or it was going to be Wentz. One of them mm-hmm. was going to be gone. I didn't think it was going to be Peterson. I mean, this guy went to a Super Bowl, mm-hmm. and now he's out, you know. Um, no, don't get me wrong. This wasn't his best his best last two years. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, I mean, this guy won a Super Bowl with a backup quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, when he had weapons, the offense was really rolling. And for some reason, we don't know what it is with Carson Wentz. Something has just not has been off. We don't know if it's him and Peterson. We don't know what it is. Um, but, you know, the fact that Peterson's gone is crazy to me. Um, and so now it's seemingly like the Jets may have their new head man, you know. And uh, Peterson, can he's got a, a good offensive mind. If he gets the right type of coaches, there could be a new era. Quarterback. Potentially, well, that's true, too. Um, <clears throat> but, I mean, again, he did it with Nick Foles. So, mm-hmm. you know, he's, he's got to get the guys around the quarterback. You know, it's like Mac Jones, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you get the guys around you, then the quarterback can look good. Nick, you know? <laughs> Nick Foles in Chicago right now rubbing his hands together like, like hey, hey, Dougie, hey, baby, hey. Let's, let's, let's run it back, baby, let's go. Run it back. We back, baby. Just give me this five-year, $100 million deal. I'll be there. Give me some receivers, <laughs> you know. Get me a running back. I'll be all right. So, yeah, I mean, it's it was a little interesting. But, you know, again, one of the two was going to be gone. Yeah, I was I was a little surprised myself. Um, you know, he's not that far removed from, a, um, you know, with a team that a lot of people didn't think was, was necessarily good enough to win that. Um, they were, you know uh, – they weren't 
terrible all through and through these last couple of years. They they had some things that they needed to do. It seemed like times where Wentz was on, uh, they didn't have the right pieces around him. Um, you know, they I don't know. We've been talking about their receiving core for for a while, and the fact that they needed to uh, shore some things up. And then I, I think the main thing is is he. I believe that he did definitively lose the locker room, mm. and the confidence um, um, in him was was shot with that team. Um, I'm I, I'm really I'm looking forward to seeing the things that come out. Uh, you know how these things happen. Mm. Uh, soon there will be an anonymous source that will be talking about things that happened during his tenure. There will be players that start, you know, uh, opening up about stuff. But, uh, yeah, I, I think in a day and time where we – there's very few organizations that really show loyalty to the coach. Mm. You know, you can you can look at, what, New England, Pittsburgh, maybe. The Bengals um, for way too long. Cincinnati. <laughs> <laughs> for way too long. Um, but – you know, to to let a Super Bowl winning coach, a guy that you know, uh, knows how to get there. You know, even though the X's and O's were questionable this year, um, I think it was a little bit surprising. So I'm not I'm not surprised that teams. I mean, within minutes of that news breaking, um, you're seeing things about other teams who are interested in uh, in getting a coach with that type of experience because at his peak, he was doing some innovative things. Not well, maybe not innovative, but doing some creative things. Um, and and was not a bad play caller, and and seemed to really have, uh, a, you know, a good beat on the uh, on his locker room. But um, yeah, I mean, with yeah, you finish the season like that, I I I guess I can't be surprised at that part. Just that they were that quick to make that decision. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you look at how that last game went. I mean, there's a lot of questions in that locker room. A lot of, I mean, in. You know, it came out pretty quickly that players were just like, yeah, we were not on board with this. We don't understand nope. what was happening. Nope. And so when you have things yeah. like that and, you know, at the end of the year, you're doing your exit interviews. And if everybody is like, we don't know what that man is doing, um, I think that all plays into it. And then if if it does not appear like the ownership and the court and the and the coaching staff are on the same page about the future of this team, um, whether you talk about the the. The Carson Wentz situation, the uh, Jalen Hurts situation, or why was Dick Nate Sudfield even on the field at any point in this season? Um, all of those things are questions that you. It doesn't seem like they're in lockstep, and so you bring all those things together, and that that's a good recipe for a coach getting fired. Um, and and then the way he handled the quarterback situation. Oh well, this week we'll look at everything and evaluate who's going to start. Like bro, Jalen Hurts just won you that game, and you, you talk about we evaluating. <laughs> exactly. Like that's crazy. That's like Bruce Arians being like, "Hey, well, you know, Tom play, play good this week, but we're gonna reevaluate and see, uh, see if he's gonna start next week." That's that's just lunacy. Um, so you know, I still think he's a good coach, but I think he lost this locker room. Um, I think he's his relationship soured with ownership, and it made it real easy to get rid of him and 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 move on. Especially after the the last couple of years they've had since that Super Bowl. Um, you know, I think they need a fresh start, and they need to. Let go of some of these veterans, particularly wide receivers who can't stay on the field for more than a game at a time, um, and and bring some new blood in and and get right. Um, something that I I want to talk about real quick that's not that's not on the rundown. Deshaun Watson, the, the the situation in Houston, this is deteriorating really fast. Yep. You know they they hired this GM from New England who they wanted previously but didn't bring in. Uh, they brought in Deshaun Watson to get his input on the GM and the coaching hire, and they've completely ignored everything he's asked of for. Of course they have. Um, yep. He wanted Eric Bieniemy. The search firm that they talked to, I believe, said Eric Bieniemy, and they have not even interviewed Eric Bieniemy. 
Um, do y'all think Deshaun gets traded? Yep, I absolutely do because I think he's going to put the pressure on them. Because hey, listen, I'm I'm the only reason you guys are relevant right mm. now. Like you know, um, your quarterback history has not been good before me. Mm. Um, probably won't be good after me unless you get a trade for like a Tua or something like that. And we still don't even know how good Tua is going to be in the NFL yet. Um, so yeah, I think he will be, and I think it'll be very interested to see what they get back for him. Um, unless, unless somehow or another they turn it around and, and, and get the enemy or something like that. But if not, I think Deshaun's going to be like, look, I'm not going to play until you guys trade me or something like that. And it won't even be, you know, like this, oh, he's being a drama queen or whatever. Like, you guys don't respect me, and I'm one of the reasons why you guys are even relevant outside of J.J. Watt. So, you know, yeah, I think he will be. Uh, it looks like the reports are getting, you know, more and more Firm that they're either going to have to find like a deal with the Dolphins or something like that. Maybe try to get that pick back that they shouldn't have traded in the first <laughs> place. Um, but yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I, I think he may end up being um, a Dolphin, which I think would be very fun. Um, or uh, he may be another squad. I'm not sure. Come on, Niners. I think when you and when you when you see things like, especially remember, give, given the year that we were in given the climate that we were in, or, or just as some of the things that we've been facing for a while here now. Um, Bill O'Brien's out. Um, Lewis Riddick is, is, is mentioned among, among other names, uh, but mentioned, you know, as, as one of the guys in line to be the next GM, and then suddenly is Nick Casario. And, you know, um, apparently he was not consulted in the way or at the level of which he was promised uh, when they had discussions, which I, I, I've, I've, I've heard this said, and I completely agree. It's one thing if you just move forward, you are the organization. Um, you don't really do that type of thing, or you don't promise it. But once you tell a guy, yeah, we're, we're going to get you involved in this decision-making, just do it. You know, follow through on, on the word that you've given. Um, and apparently they, you know, when they were having the coaching search, uh, there was something about them refusing to interview Eric the enemy. Mm-hmm. And so, you 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 know you you're kind of doubling down on this whole diversity thing, and so and I think, um, uh, yeah, we're we're at a point now. Now I as far as where he goes from here, um, listen, there's a couple teams being named. He said Miami, you know, people have mentioned 49ers and everything like that. It'd be just like the Texans, and it it'd be just our luck in this in in this current stretch of NFL that he gets traded to the Patriots. <laughs> I don't want to see it happen. God. Please, dear God, don't let this take place. You think they would send him um, to an AFC team uh, like the Patriots? I don't think that would happen. It wouldn't make sense, right? No, it would not. So, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I, I, I think he's out of there. I, I do think they, um, they, they make a trade in this offseason. And look. He's going to be highly. They're going to people be willing to give up multiple first round picks yep. for him. Yep, multiple. Um, and think about who's got him right now: the Miami Dolphins. So <laughs> it is just. I would oh love, God, Forty Niners. I don't. I don't say this very often. We can give up whatever. <laughs> please, please. You want six first round picks? Cool. Man, whatever. six. I don't care. Wow. Get, get me Deshaun Watson. Wow, six first round. I don't blame picks. you. I, think I, I definitely think it's time to move off Jimmy. I think it's a, a sleeper pick would be a, a if I don't know if you could do this in the NFL. I know you could do it in the NBA, but a sign and trade with Dallas 
Dak for Deshaun. Mm. I would love to see Dak with those weapons. Yes, in, me in too. Dallas. In the, I mean, America's team. Oh, could you imagine? Stephen A. Smith would lose his. Oh mind. my gosh! Every <laughs> every day, every day. Um, that was unplanned, guys. So we're gonna yeah. go ahead and get to uh, NFL playoffs, divisional round games coming up this week. Um, yes. Tampa Bay versus New Orleans division game rematch. Uh, the Saints won the first two matchups. Um, here, here. Here are my keys for this game. Yep. I think Tampa Bay can win. They're going to have to score a lot of points. Um, their offense has to be consistent through the whole game. I'll say if, if Tampa Bay can put up 48 points in this game, I feel like they could win. Um, you know, Levante David is is off the um, injured list, could be back this week. That could be big for – not the, the, um, Devin, Devin, Devin White. Devin White. Devin White, call, yes. Devin White is you off these the names, injured Malcolm. list. Man, look. <laughs> Look, um, Levante <laughs> David and Devin White have been a really good one-two punch yes. linebacker for them. Yes, they have. Uh, and Devin, White, Devin White's been out for, I don't even know, it's been a, a long time. Um, so getting him back could be a good, a good boost for this defense. We saw this defense at their best. He was on the field. Yep. Uh, but I think it's honestly going to come down to A.B., Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and that offense. Rob Gronkowski. Uh, yeah. If, if they can get right, if they can be in rhythm early and not have to – Roll into rhythm into the in the second and third quarter. Um, I think they've got a shot because the the Saints offense didn't look great against the Bears. No, they did not. Um, I think Drew Brees is still getting back his connection with his receivers. Mike, this was the, really the first game Brees, Thomas, and Kamara have been together since I think it was week eight or nine. Yeah, so, that's what they say. Yep. Um, and Thomas really wasn't that right still there. Yeah, but you know, hey. so. There's a window here, but the Buccaneers have to hit that window early. They have to be able to put up points and put game pressure on this team in order for that to happen. And then I think um, I think the the Saints will win um, if that defense is as good as we've seen in the past. Yep. If, if yeah. Cam yeah. Jordan and those guys are getting pressure on Brady, making him uncomfortable, I think it could be a long night for for the Buccaneers. But I uh, I think. I think I think the Saints are going to figure it out. I think it's going to be another tight game because it's Tom Brady versus Drew Brees. Yep. This is the, their first matchup in the playoffs. Yep. Which man, if we could have got this a few years ago, yeah. and it could have happened if Drew Brees didn't get jettisoned from San Diego, but that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> um, but I, I think the uh, I think the the Saints pulled it out, but I think it's going to be tight. I'm going to say 27 to 23. Mm. Uh, the Saints win this game. But mm. what are you guys' predictions wow. for this game? Uh, I'm gonna go with the Bucks, actually. Oh, uh, I'm gonna go with the Bucks. Yep. Um, I'm gonna go uh, thirty uh, to tw- thirty-one twenty-eight. I think it'll be it'll be close. Um, I think I just haven't seen uh, New Orleans consistently put it together. Uh, you know, offense and defense um, in a few weeks. Honestly, since they were like. Beating on the Bucks, um, they've they've been squeaking by. If the Bears were any better, mm-hmm. they probably would have lost that game. The yeah. Bears just couldn't capitalize on the turnovers that New Orleans had. Um, they they did not play well. Um, they just played against a Mitchell Trubisky and yep. all of them. So uh, I think the Bucks get it done. They're playing well, and again, as you said, they get uh, Devin White back potentially. And if, if he's even eighty mm-hmm. percent, that's going to be a solid addition for them. I think the key, honestly, will be the running game for mm-hmm. Tampa Bay. Um, if they can get Fournette or Ronald Jones, whoever it is, if they can get that going, open up that pass game. I like them. So yeah, I'm gonna go with the Bucks. I think that the Saints will um, get key pressure on Tom Brady. Um, I think they will slow down that run game. But I also think 
that the Bucks will wrangle in Kamara, and they will uh, they'll do enough disruption in the secondary to win this game. Mm. I've got the mm. Bucks going twenty five twenty two. Let's go. I'm not mad at either one of those picks. I think the Bucks got a good shot in this one. They do. Um, other NFC division round game, Los Angeles Rams. Mm. Still weird to say that versus the Green Bay Packers, who were off last week with the bye. Yep. Keith, what are the keys to this yeah, game? I think for the Rams, it's got to be your defense. You, you're not – Jared Goff still isn't 100% with that thumb, um, and that affects, of course, any of you quarterbacks out there, you know, that will affect, you know, your, your throwing motion. Um, so I think for the Rams, if they're going to win, their defense has got to hold Green Bay to 20 points or low mm. or below. You can't get into a shootout because you're not going to be able to score enough points, in my opinion. Um, so yeah, I mean, Aaron Donald, if, if that's a, another key, if Aaron Donald's out, they don't have a chance mm. to me, in, to, in my opinion. I don't think they'll get enough pass rush. The other guys have been playing well enough, but Aaron Donald just brings so yeah. much attention, yeah. um, that, uh, if he's not playing, I don't think they have a shot. Uh, but if they if he is playing and even if he's 80, 90 percent, um, the defense, if they're able to, you know, force some turnovers, you know, really shut down Aaron Jones in that run game, force Aaron Rodgers to throw it a lot. Um, Devontae Adams, Jalen Ramsey is going to be a very fun matchup, uh, brothers. Um, so, yeah, the Rams have to do that in order to win. And the Cam Akers has to put up another 100 yard day if they're going to if they're going to beat this Green Bay Packer team for Green Bay. Honestly, if those things don't it, again. If they are able to, you know, put up, you know, 80 to 100 yards with Aaron Jones on the ground, um, and those, it's the other guys to me. Um, it's your Valdez Scantling, who had a huge t- touchdown drop the other, the last time they played. Um, uh, uh, your, your tight end, I can't think of his name right now, but he's been playing really well. Mm-hmm. Um, Gosh, I don't know why I can't think. Oh, Robert Tanyan, there mm-hmm. it is. Those other guys, that's who I'm looking for to really step up uh, for Green Bay. So um, I don't think the Rams are going to have enough offense to get this job done. I'm going to go with Green Bay, uh, and I'm going to go – It'll be. I think it'll be a little bit tighter. I'll go like 28 to 17 mm. in Green Bay. Mm. Ian, what's your pick? Uh, I'm actually going with Green Bay as well. Um, I, I, I don't have a whole lot, uh, <laughs> a whole lot to mm. – to break down the wise, I don't believe in the Rams. Um, the defense, of course, you know, you believe in, but uh, I think Jared Goff, him not being healthy, yep. uh, trying to force his way through, I think it's a little different when, well, I don't know. He, he didn't start the game, and so I was going to say it's a little different when when the adrenaline is there, you're playing through, but, you know, it, it matters that he came in cold and still led them to a victory. But um, I think that the Green Bay defense is good enough to hold the Rams to say about 17 uh, at, at tops 20 points. And I, I don't think that the Rams are going to be able to stop Green Bay from scoring more than that. And so it really, it boils down to Aaron Rodgers. He, he's the X factor as he goes, they go. And um, I think while the Rams will generate uh, pressure and that's a scary defense that you're looking at there. Um, um, I've just, I, I've got a feeling that this is an Aaron Rodgers type of year. Um, mm. maybe make it to the Super Bowl. We don't know. We're not doing those predictions yet, but <laughs> I do have Green Bay winning this game, uh, twenty-seven seventeen. Man, if if Jared Goff was healthy, I might be picking the upset in this one. Mm. This Rams defense is is really good, and the the Ramsey Adams matchup is must see television. Yes, it um, is. yes, it is. But I think that Jared that Jared Goff injury looms large. I think the defense will be able to keep them in the game, but I just don't think they're going to be able to score enough points. Yep. Um, so I'm I'm, I'm going to go with um, twenty to nine, 
Oh, um, Green Bay okay. wins this game. Gotcha. Um, I think it's just they. I think Green Bay is just is going to be too hot. I think they're going to get off to a sluggish start in this game, and I think it's going to be a little bit of that coming off the bye, and then mm-hmm. the Rams defense. But yep. I think they're going to figure it out, put up some points, and then uh, the Rams will be able to come back. Yep, there it is. Um, let's go to Kansas City, where the Chiefs, defending champions, will be playing those pesky Cleveland Browns. Ian, mm. what's the keys to this game? Whew. Well, uh, riding high on our on our victorious week um, um, in this week that is the 20 year anniversary of the drive, and I think there's a certain mystique in the air. No, I just think the Browns got to stay hungry, man. I really think um, you know we got to play to our advantages. Uh, keys to victory for us will be um, our really our only advantage in this game, which is the run game. Yep. Um, uh, Nick Tay, uh, Nick Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, you got to get them the ball often uh got to get it to them early and get it to them in creative ways i love some of the things that i see that they dialed up in that last game uh when pittsburgh was getting penetration and, and when they did start giving baker a little bit of trouble or no, no no when they started giving the run game some trouble let me be more specific um the ways that they went about freeing up those guys i think were were effective uh, you got to have imaginative play calling in this type of game and so uh, um, that's the, that's your, that is your Achilles heat. Oh, I'm sorry. That is your, um, that's your strength. That's your forte. So, um, getting those guys going is going to be key. Uh, getting guys healthy is going to be key. Mm-hmm. Um, and you need, you need big games from your defensive number ones. Miles My- Garrett, Denzel Ward, uh, they have to have the games of their lives. Um, because trying to, just thinking about Tyreek Hill, the Travis Kelsey, uh, Sammy Watkins, who is working on giving us that billboard material, keep it coming, keep it coming. <laughs> um, but <laughs> uh, yeah, I think all of those things have to go right. And like we've been saying, it continues to be true. Baker cannot turn the ball over. Uh, there's a honey badger that's waiting uh, for an opportunity to uh, to get some turnovers. On the other side, for the Chiefs, it's going to be very, very important um, um, as far as uh, uh, their defensive front. Uh, to get that pressure, to get Baker tap dancing, uh, because he was able to really yeah. get his feet set. And, and, um, and they, they were talking about, you know, those drops and him shortening him up, knowing that that pass rush was lethal. You saw a lot of three-step, uh, uh, five-step drops. Um, I mean, not the normal seven that Baker kind of tends to love. Um, his moves in the pocket were precise. He had room to get around and, and, and to see things clearly. But you also saw a lot of batted down balls and things like that. So if they're getting hands up, and if they're making him uh, move around too much, because he will overstep if if the, if the pocket uh, collapses um, too tough and too often. So I think that's key. And, of course, I mean, uh, their injury situation. Uh, are they going to get Clyde Edwards-Hilaire back? Are they going to get Sammy Watkins? Uh, what version of Sammy Watkins are they going to get coming off of that calf injury? Um, all of those things will really come into play. Uh, Kansas City can do it shorthanded. Uh, but I do think that this will be a tougher matchup, and I don't think they're going to underestimate the Browns like the Steelers did. That's it. My pick going into this. Oh, as the battle for head or over over heart uh, <laughs> wins out. Um, I got to get in, in the close one though. Uh, Kansas City thirty to uh, twenty seven. Mm. You know, Ian, I really wanted to pick the Browns just because. Um, yeah, all right. Like I like just like you know, I wanted 
you know, I went with the Buckeyes. I knew we probably weren't going to win the game, but I went with my heart. Um, Kansas City struggled the past few weeks offensively, honestly, and their defense has not been very good. Yes, they have Tyron Matthew and all, but they were the Falcon. Here's the here's the key for for Cleveland. They've got to play a game plan very similar to what the Falcons did. Pound the run game, take away the clock. Do not give you know Kansas City as many possessions because there's going to be a, a few possessions where Mahomes just isn't you know he overthrows Tyreek Hill or um, because of their lack of running game at least the past few weeks they were forced to just throw it the whole time. Um, so I think it's it's going to be closer than people think. Uh, I think the Chiefs will pull out a close one. It'll be like a twenty eight twenty four type of uh, type of game. I think Cleveland will keep it close, but I think the Chiefs will advance. You know, we all have been to our favorite restaurant and you look at the menu and you see this, they they tell you the specials and you're like, oh man, that sounds kind of good. Oh, you know what? I think in your mind, you're like, you know what? I think I'm gonna do the special today. But then you open the menu and you look at your favorite item again and you're just like, nah, I gotta go. (laughs) And that's how I feel picking. I keep, I'm looking at the Browns, trying to find a reason to pick the Browns. Same, man. Trying to find a reason. And then I go back and look at the Chiefs and I'm like, woo! (laughs) (laughs) Look, Ben Roethlisberger had a terrible game and he still threw for over 500 yards against this team. Yep. Um, and so, hey, if the Browns get three turnovers in the first quarter and five for the game, <laughs> they've got a really good chance to win this game. But I just think I think that that passing game for um, Kansas City is way better than Pittsburgh's. They've got way too many weapons, and the secondary for the Browns is is in trouble. You think they have the better weapons than the Pittsburgh Steelers, receiving wise? The the receivers, the Chiefs, just the receivers. Yeah, Tyreek Hill, Hardman. Watkins, Kelsey. No, I'm not including Kelsey. That's what I'm saying. Just the receivers. Uh, yes, yeah, still wide receivers. Yeah. I don't think so. I think I think Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool are are better than their receivers. The Tyreek Hill and I think Tyreek Hill is a, he's a game changer. <laughs> yeah. Don't get me wrong, but Claypool and Johnson, bro, are better than than Watkins and 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 Ooh. for sure. I really think and not so, to bro. mention Washington and Juju. I, hey, right, I, and, I, Juju, I, I, right. I, and they have Demarcus the Robinson. Nah, bro, no way. Wow. No. The I, I only think overall, reason, overall, the receiving core is better in Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. What? Wow. Absolutely. Not, yeah, if you take not. away, if you take away Travis Kelsey, it's a no brainer. The only reason why it's a discussion is because of Travis, Travis Kelsey. Wow. So you would rather have Tyreek Hill, Sammy Watkins? A hundred percent. Oh, no way, bro. Sammy 100%. Watkins drops a lot of passes. All right. We'll, we'll see in this game who has been. <laughs> it wasn't even. I mean, bro, okay. I'm telling you. Patrick Mahomes throws for 800 yards. It would be like, okay. That's a good poll to put out to our three and one listeners. Which receiving core? Not tight ends. Which receiving core yeah, would you rather have? Bro. I'm taking Pittsburgh's. It's, uh, Steelers fans, you're not allowed to comment on this. Oh, uh, uh, Touche. Touche. I think, I think Deontay Johnson is the best number two wide receiver in the NFL. Okay. You're on drugs. Ian, you um, taking Pittsburgh's right, receiver right. core? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I thought I didn't think I was crazy. Mm. <laughs> That's I I'm not even gonna address that. Um anyway, <laughs> the Chiefs are gonna win 33-17. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Can I there's an asterisk on my pick. And I, I want to validate this by reminding everyone what my what my predictions were about Sunday. Uh, I literally said I was gonna get three turnovers. If Kareem Hunt, if Nick Chubb go for 200 yards, which they did on they purpose, did. Yards, they did. They um, did. That, that 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 we would win the ball game, and and they they came out and, and passed that mark early. I, I didn't know what to do with the rest of the game, but they kept getting turnovers. Um, I think if you turn over Mahomes twice, 
Mm. And if on this game, I think Chubb and Hunt they got to go for two fifty. I'm gonna be honest. And and Baker and Baker does not turn the ball over. I listen. Kansas City since the game before their bye, they have not won a game by more than a touchdown. I'm gonna be if honest. they let us hang around like that, I think we we have a chance to win. I'm gonna be honest with you. I think the starting point for turnovers is three with Patrick Mahomes. Two, he's had two, and they still won by twenty points. I I think it needs to be three, and then True. you guys might win. Yeah, yeah, it's different. If you guys have five, then yes, you guys yeah. the game. If y'all didn't win that game, then it's just the Lord didn't want it to happen. Again, right? Exactly. So, um, all right, we got one more game to talk about. Baltimore. What'd you say? And it, it was a combination of things that have to happen, but I'm, I'm still sticking with two. But yeah. All right. Um, all right. One more game to talk about. Baltimore versus Buffalo. Mm. Um, big game. Is this a revenge game? Did they play earlier this year? Uh, I don't think so. Okay. Um, but Baltimore coming off their big emotional win against the Titans. Yep. Buffalo, uh, late. they pulled it out late against the Colts. Um Keith, who who wins this this quarterback matchup? Just focusing specifically on the quarterbacks in this game, Lamar Jackson versus Josh Allen. Um, Josh Allen, for sure. I think uh, uh, Lamar did some very special things on the ground this past week and just showed why he's Lamar Jackson. But the Achilles heel has been, okay, if they take away the run game, what are you going to do in that pocket and, and, and make some of those type of throws? And, uh, you know, this past week he made a few but didn't have to make a, a lot because his run game was just, you know, he was <laughs> taking the Titans to the cleaners, rushing the football. So mm-hmm. um, which quarterback, I'm going to take Josh Allen. I just think that you when you throw in the fact that he's got that gunner, that, that slinger of an arm, uh, and he's got Stephon Diggs, I think that's critical. You know, you talk about a Marquise Hollywood Brown who's good, but he's not a Stephon Diggs. Um, and then the other receivers have been playing really well for Buffalo as well. So I'm going to go with Josh Allen uh, over Lamar. I think I think um, the the other key is that is the Ravens defense. What yep. what version of the Ravens yep. defense do we see in this game? Agreed. Um, Agreed. They they played really strong stopping Derrick Henry. They did um, you know? And this is another challenge for them. J- Josh Allen is is starting to come back. You know, he started off really strong. A little bit of a lull in the middle of the season, but he's starting to play at that level again. Yes, he is. Um, now they do they did lose Zach Moss for the rest of the year, um, and that could loom large for them um, if they're not getting any running game. Yeah. Um, and the Ravens are kind of able to tee off on that passing game. I yeah. think I think that could be a problem for them for sure. Um, and that secondary for the for the Ravens is really good. With they played well with Peters. They played well. Um, I think that is that is the number one key for me in this game. Is yeah. is this defense going to be able to hold in Josh Allen? Particularly when he gets outside of the pocket, yep. is where he can be really dangerous. Yep. Um, and on for, for the what do the Bills have to do on offense in order to win this game? Well, you, I mean, you just said it. I can't. I can't switch it up. I, I literally was about <laughs> to back off my uh, my whole my whole thing about them um, running the football until that Pittsburgh game and I saw what not being able to run finally mm. caught up to them and did. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, like you said, if, if Josh Allen is their leading rusher again, I think they lose this ball game. Mm. Interesting. Mm. I don't think, I don't think so. Mm. I don't think so. I, well, they, they, okay. I, I'm, I'm just saying with, with the way that the, uh, yeah, with, with the way that the Ravens fly around and, and you know, I, I think the, yeah, the impact that that secondary can have, 
um, on this ball game, and I'll be really interested. I know we talked about um, the Devontae yeah. um, um, uh, Ramsey matchup, yep. but mm, uh, yep. I think we're probably going to see what Humphrey's on uh, on Diggs. That's not going to be a good a good matchup for them. AJ Brown really got the best of him, except Ryan Tannehill. First of all, wasn't able to get him the ball as often, uh, but AJ Brown had a pretty solid game. And you're talking about a, a Diggs who's even quicker with his footwork. I think it's they can't put too much uh, man coverage on him. I mean, uh, who who tried it recently? Um, and Diggs put up like two hundred, just he destroyed him. Who? Oh, the Patriots. Mm-hmm. Patriots tried some man coverage. Diggs was like, okay, thank you. Appreciate you. <laughs> That's not a very encouraging comparison. But I get it's not, but Humphreys isn't like he's not that like lockdown type of corner that like Darrell Revis and Ramsey are. He's a good corner, um, but he's not a lockdown. So I don't think it would be wise of the Ravens to try to put man coverage on, on Stephon Diggs. I just don't I, think, I'll think the, the saving grace for, for my my my, my whole thing about their run game is that Devin, Singleton, Devin Singletary is great catching the ball out of the backfield. Yes, he he's pretty solid with that. Yep. So <laughs> if if he can get five six receptions and get some good chunk yardage there, I think that can offset. But again, if, if they're not getting anything out of that backfield, I, I really do think that limits makes Josh Allen one dimensional, and it's it's just different when you don't have anything else you know to worry about. Yeah, mm-hmm. Josh Allen is dynamic and everything, but. Uh, um, I, I think that would be enough for them to overcome it. So, mm, yeah, I actually okay. have the uh, had a Ravens in this game. Woo! All right, so that's your ask for the prediction. You have a, you got a score for it? Let's go. Um, I'm going. I think they'll they'll ball out. Uh, let's go 32. No, 33. Excuse me to uh, 27. Mm, okay, Malcolm. Yeah, I'm going with Ravens in this one too. Um, I think they're going to be able to. They're going to run the ball down this team's throat. I think Lamar Jackson is once again going to make plays, a couple plays that you, and it, it, that's all it takes, a couple plays that other guys just can't make. Yeah. Um, and I think they're on a mission. I, I honestly think they're on a mission this, this season after the way last season ended. Yep. Um, they're going to, they're going to be coming in strong again to prove that they are a team to be reckoned with in the AFC. And I'm inclined to believe them. So I think the Ravens are going to win this one 30 to 16. Wow. Um, I do have issue. I do have you know um, some issues with Buffalo's defense at times, um, but they're at home, and uh, I believe in Josh Allen. I think he has really taken that next step, and uh, him getting Stephon Diggs, I think, is was just critical. And here's the key: I don't even think Diggs is going to have a huge game. I think it's going to be the other guys: Cole Beasley, uh, McKenzie, uh, Dawson Knox, their tight end, uh, another tight end. I think those guys are going to step up for him. And I think Josh Allen may have one or two rushing touchdowns this game. So I'm going to give it to the Bills, and I'm going to go uh, – <clears throat> let's go 28-21, Bills. Mm. Yep. Yep. Well, that, those are our uh, NFL playoff picks. Um, but make sure you join us for our NFL postgame live show this Sunday. We had a great time on Sunday um, answering your questions, talking about the games, Um after we watched um, all of them, minus the uh, the Browns-Steelers game. But join us Sunday, 7.30 p.m. on Facebook Live. We'll be live again this week. If you get in the chat, leave us a comment. We want to hear from you, and we'll answer questions, as well as talk about the NFL playoff action. But sadly, this is the end of our show, but we like to end with our parting words. Ian, give us your parting words for tonight. Uh, I really want to shout out the um – 
the upcoming class of uh, of the Hall of Fame. Uh-huh. I had the opportunity to go recently, um, and it was a uh, there was a lot of, of mystique in the building, uh, particularly the African American Hall of Fame. Uh, so shouts out there, but uh, got some names that I grew up with that um, that really kind of solidified my interest. I grew up a, ball, a basketball guy, but um, got some Carson Palmer's, uh, Tony Romo. Uh, shout out to Bob Stoops being there, uh, Andre Tippett who's a guy that, you know, I always got to hear about and everything. You know, you watch old film and, and you just come to appreciate. Um, and probably uh, Darren Sproles is an interesting name to uh, to, to see he here. Uh, going wow. And now this is just, you know, of course, the College Football Hall of Fame. But um, I think that's still still significant. I, I was uh, – I think Leinert came after Palmer and that, that ushered in a new era. But I did get to catch, like, the tail end of that and just uh, – yeah, yeah. I'm not super college football, but some names that I can definitely appreciate. So salute to you fellas. Look, as a guy who's an Oklahoma fan and had to play against Kansas State, Darren Sproles was a problem in college. Oh yeah. Oh my god, Darren Sproles was a problem. Um Keith, give us your parting words for tonight. I just want to give a shout out to Justin Fields. Uh man, what a year it's been for you. Um didn't even think you're gonna play. You were able to, you know, come back and uh, lead this team to a Big Ten championship again uh, and got your revenge against Clemson. Just didn't have enough. But uh, I appreciate, you know, your efforts. I appreciate, you know, your your level of play and, uh, you know, wish you all the best in your uh, your next journey, man. Hopefully you get healthy. And uh, yeah, shout outs to you. And my parting words go to the ladies of the WNBA again. Again. And this is why. Um, Atlanta Dream owner Kitty Leffler uh, ran for Congress yep. and lost. Absolutely. Um, and I think the women of the WBA, WNBA had a big, big hand in that. Um, you saw it when she came out and not supporting uh, Black Lives Matter. The ladies for the team that she owned wore shirts for Reverend Raphael <laughs> Warnock. Raphael Warnock. Um, and... <laughs> You know, those are little things, but when you see a team <laughs> that goes against the person who signs their checks, yep. um, that's taking a really strong stand. And so I want to once again salute the ladies of the WNBA yep. for being at the forefront of this. A lot of people are just now are just now catching up. But from day one in, in their bubble, from day one um, in their season, they have been supporting the Black Lives Matter movement. They've been supporting the uh, Say Her Name campaign. And I think they had a big hand in um, flipping Congress um, in the state of Georgia. So shout out to the women of the and Stacey Abrams, another another Stacey woman. Stacey Abrams, yep. yes. Stace, shout out to Stacey Abrams yes. as well. Changing the yeah, game, man. Changing the game. Um, and that is the note that we will end our show on this week from Cleveland, Ohio. Mister Pivot himself, international Ian Lamont Morgan. Corvette, Corvette. and from Columbus, Ohio by way of Cincinnati Keith Turner Jr. Bengals, I know how good Devontae Smith looked but we still need offensive line don't do it (laughs) and here in the capital city by way of several other places, it's your boy they call him the Black Eric B. Enemy because he's really good but he's underpaid and overlooked Mm. Malcolm Morgan (laughs) and this has been the 3-in-1 podcast Thank you all for listening, and we'll see you all next time. And Boomer Sooner. Go Bucks. Corvette, Corvette.